Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hi. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about how loud your masters should be. Mm. So whenever you're turning out, Sam, have you ever gotten the gotten the question, can you make it louder? Oh, absolutely. I just, I just, I just want it like, I don't know, 3 dB louder. And Every I think week. it would be perfect. Every week, it's I just not—it's not as loud as Taylor Swift or Katy Perry or anybody else who's main pop, and it's—it's it's like they want to know why or can I make it louder, and if not, why? Yeah. So I, I feel like there are some questions that we should kind of dive into, or unpack, or unzip, or unbutton, or unclip, <laughs> or I—everything's I, I coming on. off in this episode. <laughs> switch on, turn off. Uh, you know, plug it in, plug it off, plug it off, yeah, <laughs> plug it in, unplug. I think you just started something, Sam. <sighs> plug it off for nineteen ninety nine. Plug it off. You can get the new plug it off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So <laughs> let's talk. You won't about even it. know it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, quick, a boutique plug-in idea. I was just thinking that the bypass plug-in. Yep. <laughs> that just says louder on it, but it's not doing anything. That's it. Hey, man, I put it on. It's on there. It's, it's kind of like... It's louder. It, there's like a a funny front of house engineer thing where you'll be you'll have somebody from stage asking you, it's like, yeah, can I get uh, can I get more of this in my ears? And it's the... It's like whether you do it or not, whatever, but it's the whole joke that if you act like you're turning the knob, you're like, how's that? And they're like, oh, yeah, better, but you really haven't done anything. Yeah. The louder plug-in. Oh, yeah. The louder plug-in. For people who can't see what you're doing. The real black magic. From the The attack and release show. Yeah. We should release a fake plug-in line. (laughs) I love it. The harmonic compressor. (sighs) I love it. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready, Matt? plug-in. I don't think I have ever been not more ready. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm pretty ready for this. I'm going to tee it up. I'm going to tee you up because I like the way you talk about this. So, here we go. Matt, why are the loudness wars stupid? And by stupid, you mean pointless? Pointless. Irrelevant. Erroneous. I mean, I think it's worth noting, though. I mean, I don't have any script, so I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. I think it's worth noting that... Yeah, stuff probably shouldn't be slammed. Like whenever it feel like it doesn't feel right, but like the artist just keeps wanting it louder. It probably just you know in the best interest of the music shouldn't be slammed. But in the end, you should probably just kind of like give the artist what they want. Um, but like, why all of this doesn't really matter? And it's been something Sam and I have been going back and forth on for I don't know probably three or four weeks, and just kind of laughing at the conversation that happens online. The reason why it's not really important is because there's really no such thing as a loudness war. And here's why, because whenever you have a war, you like, you have like a scorched earth campaign or you <laughs> like, there's a lot of devastation. And while there can be a lot of devastation at the mastering stage, War doesn't necessarily have to have an end, and I, I know I'm taking this to a very literal extreme. <laughs> but the reason why that's happening is because there is an actual brick wall involved here. 
that no one for some reason is understanding, and that is in decibels full scale, so in the digital metering realm, you have zero, zero. And if you stay in the box, you're never going to go above that. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just stupid. They're, they're, you'll never go above that. And if you go out into the analog realm, you can go above that. I think it's, what, like 14 to like 22 decibels above that to a mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. It depends on like what you're recording to and how dynamic of a source you're recording to. Yep. But it's like you're not going to keep it there. And I guess you could keep it louder, but, I mean, you could never put something that loud on vinyl unless you had, like, 12 sides <laughs> for an EP. <laughs> like, get, like, half a song on a side. Yeah. So, say that you you increase the level by 6 dB out of the box. So, 6 dB, and when you left the box, you were at 0, 0. Well, you're not going to be plus 6 dB when you convert back in. Your converter is just going to limit it by six. Right. So everything that you did, you got to be happy with it being six dB quieter when you go back in. So you have you have a level, and if you're doing a digital distribution, you have a level. So at some point, you need to stop talking about a quote-unquote loudness war because it's just kind of silly rhetoric. Right. And you just need to serve the music, you know? So I just kind of think at some point you should just give the people what they want. And if they don't know what they want, then you should just take the music to where you believe it breathes the best. And by that, I mean, in terms of music to breathe, you're like, yeah, you're getting like, if it's something that's supposed to pump, like that thing is taking full breaths. And like, you're like legitimately feeling that music and you're really diving into it. And like you're mastering this and you got the whole head bob going on you're like yeah this sounds insane and at that point you should stop pushing whatever you're pushing or doing whatever you're doing because you've achieved it mm-hmm. and you have arrived or if it's you've found a certain volume or level that works best for that content then okay then just do stuff to that level or volume. But if you have a certain code or gypsy magic that you did up until that point, but you normally do a little bit more, then screw your little bit more. Just do what you normally do up until that point. And if it sounds perfect, just stop. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's kind of mastering in a nutshell is like, don't take it beyond what it needs to be. Don't use more than you need to use. And, I mean, it's kind of a fun chess match as... How few pieces of gear, plugins, et cetera, whatever else you may use, like how little pieces can I, how little of pieces can I use to make a full picture and to make this as beautiful as the artist intended it to be? So that's kind of why I think the loudness war is stupid because. I don't like while it is about loudness and while people are like, oh, I want this as loud as. X, Y, or Z, it's like in some cases in which we'll get into, it's just not really possible because of how the mix is orchestrated and assembled. And even if you do get, and it, let's say that you're trying to hit these levels of like zero, zero, which is insane, but like if you pull a meter on modern pop stuff, there's tons of stuff that like just hits it and then clips it. I mean, that's. 
That's just kind of how it works. So even if you were to take it there on a subpar mixed tune, mm-hmm. I mean, at, something's going to hit zero zero first, and that's very important on what that thing is and then what fills out that mix the most. So just in general of the loudness war, war doesn't necessarily have a brick wall and like something that's not really able to be fought against. And if you keep pushing into that, you're just reducing... It's like, screw transients at this point. You're literally going to be squeezing out the low end. You're going to be squeezing out the mid-range. And it's just, you're not going to be left with anything. So it's like, okay, fine. Get it as loud as you want, but just know what you're sacrificing and know what you're getting yourself into. So I don't know. I might be wrong on that, Sam, but that's kind of at least how I feel in that zero zero is kind of... Like there ain't nothing above that in right. the digital realm, and if you're if you are converting back into that, any bit that you go over digital zero, if you go three decibels over, well, you're not going to necessarily have all of that beautiful analog in- information. It's going to be, I mean, that, that's that's like one of the, I don't know why people consider it like a mastering, like secret or something like that that. Mastering engineers, they they clip their converters and stuff. It's like, anybody can do that. Right. It's like, I don't understand why it's a secret. Like, why don't more people do that? Um, but just know what you're getting when you when you do that. Yeah. So, I mean, you are going to have a loss of a little bit of information. Right. So, that's kind of why I think it's stupid. It, it, there, there's, there's no war. It's just, right. if you want it that loud, put it that loud. But understand that if it's a shit mix, it's not going to sound better because it's loud. Right. So that's kind of where I am on that. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. I like that opinion. But I don't think you're right. No. I think I think there's a number of things. Like, one, I don't understand why people have such an issue with having to adjust their volume. Like, I don't get that. So, like, people mm-hmm. that are in their car or on their iPhone, and if a song is slightly quieter and they have to hit the notch up one time, I literally will have people be like, I had to hit the song up one time. Or if it's too loud, like I've had that, where they're like, I had to turn it down a notch to be next to this, so we need to make it quieter, which does happen sometimes. But I've had it happen. And I don't understand why that is such a big deal. Um... I don't have an issue changing volume up and down um, in my car. I'll turn things up and down. Uh, when I'm listening to things, I'll turn it up and down. It just does it. And when I listen to a record, I may turn things up and down. And I'm not sure when that became. That's essentially the problem. Like the problem is people Entitlement don't Entitlement that yeah. you shouldn't have to lift a finger. That's it. I mean, essentially you're going out of your way to say that all music should be created equal. Correct. I mean, that's what normalization is. It's like, right. well, all music should be created equal. And if it's not, then we're going to do this to it because you as a human are entitled to never lift a finger. Right. In your- in your life, God forbid you have to touch that volume knob over Right, there. exactly. It's like, whatever. Yes. And so that's something I don't quite understand. The second thing that people don't understand is that normalization, the whole point of it, 
is to make loud tracks quieter and quiet tracks louder so that they do play back the same, which is what you just said. But those that preach this idea and it's like, you know, make your track to fit into a target playback so that normalization won't turn your track down, like, you're still playing into the loudness war game because you're still trying to make your track the loudest when it plays back. But that to me is like the biggest, one of the biggest misunderstandings when people talk about trying to make things loud, knowing that digital is doing normalization for the most part across the board, and I'm sure it will become a universal thing. I I can only imagine for it, it'll become universal. Normalization will be a thing that all platforms probably do. And that'll probably be like the only way you get to listen to music, I have a feeling, at some point. Um, But that to me is like people have totally missed the point of normalization, which is to try and recreate a similar listening experience from song to song for people so that you don't have to worry about is your song loud enough. To me, that's normalization's point is stop worrying about how loud your song is because we'll take care of it. You want to hear, though, how retarded this is, though? (laughs) Yes, go. So I was hanging out with a really good friend last night, and yeah, he's in a band that they're pressing their uh, really good album that I mastered. (laughs) A little biased, but whatever. Fuck it. (laughs) It's a really good album. Uh, They're pressing it to vinyl, and I was picking up a test pressing. And he's like, I think uh, I think they had to turn it down a little bit. Uh, it's sounding a little bit quieter. Is there anything that like we should be worried about that? It's like, no, I said, the only reason that anybody's ever worried with loudness is because they're comparing their music to somebody else's music. But if this is a record of 11 tracks, that's all you. Somebody's not going to put this on and then switch it to somebody else after one song. Right. And even if they do, they're going to be so lost in how loud your stuff was or wasn't or anything that they're never going to remember right. how loud it was or wasn't. And or I'm sorry, they're going to be so lost in flipping the record and, and getting the track that they want on that it's, it's, it's a mute point. So right. that's how stupid this is, is that this whole thing that normalization's training everybody is carrying over into places where it doesn't even matter. Right. It's like if a if a vinyl mastering engineer turns down uh, the record level, it just means he's it just means you got long sides, right? And you're trying to fit a lot of like material on one side. So, and he's just trying to make some room. So, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like that's how far this has gone. Is that for something where this doesn't even matter and where loudness doesn't even matter and where it technically shouldn't even belong, it's now entered into. Yeah. So, whatever. I'll, um, I apologize for interjecting. I fully agree with you, Matt, and I think that's an interesting point about how normalization has made its way into vinyl. I've never honestly ever thought about that. Um, Full retard. Yeah, but it's like a, a ripple effect of making its way into things well, within where, the industry that we don't need it to even impact. It's irrelevant. Like just places it doesn't belong. Yeah. That's very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but I want I want everyone to hear, too, as we're talking about this, that Matt and I are not hating on people that like dynamic range music or people that like compressed music. We both fight 
for artists and mixers and producers to make the music they want to make. But within that, we want them to understand what they're making and asking when it comes to mastering. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of confusion with when people ask mastering engineers, hey, this sounds great, but can you make it, you know, the common thing is like a dB or two or two to three dB louder. What you're asking us to do isn't the same as you turning up your iPhone or your or your car like two to three clicks. And I think a lot of people assume that when they're a being things, like I will literally, I've had people say like, um, Calvin Harris's song is on the fifth click and this song's on the fourth click. So we need to get up one click like a DB. And I'm like, that just isn't how this works. Like I don't, that's not, it's not like a button. I'm not like purposely giving you a quieter song. I'm taking the song to where it sounds best in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then to make it louder, the the confusion becomes is anytime we make something louder in any part of the mastering stage when we have a zero zero ceiling and when we're talking dealing with like modern loudnesses we're then compromising something like you said so usually the first thing to go is low end or mid range because that's the easiest thing for a limiter or compressor to get rid of to then achieve a louder master essentially and well, I mean, in general, like whenever you have that waveform, I mean, that's going to drive essentially every bit of an RMS signal. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's like you can have something where if you were to re, if you were to like kind of dial the low end back to like a normal level, I mean, you could be sitting at minus nine, minus ten. But if it's like stupid out of control, yeah. You could be hanging at like minus five, minus four. Right. Yep. So I mean that's just kind of how nuts that it can be. Yeah. Yes. With a bad mix. Absolutely. Um but yeah, I just I feel like there's a you know something I wanted to talk about today was that when you ask your mastering engineer to make it louder or even a mixer to make something louder, because I know there's plenty of mixers who fight Honestly, the same battle we fight, which is they turn a mix into their artist. Their artist is A-Bing it now to Spotify, which is already mastered tracks. And so that's, you know, obviously when, like, the heated limited mix started to happen when people were doing that because they want, like, a loud mix that's comparable. But I know that there is a misunderstanding, you know, over the last eight years of, like, me working on mastering and stuff, there is a misunderstanding that asking for more volume means I have to attenuate something and we're going to lose something and people don't understand that. And mm-hmm. then there's the the education of helping people understand that if you like the sound of heavy, heavily limited or compressed music, then that's one discussion but if you want things to just be louder, that's a different discussion without us changing your mix. And I think that's probably the the thing that gets confused the most is like to get things louder, we have to heavily limit and compress. That changes the so- the way the song sounds. Now, if you like the way that sounds, if you like the energy it may bring or the uh, consistency that compression brings, which basically compression makes things smaller but more consistent – and less compression makes things louder but less balanced. So 
when I'm mastering, we're trying to find the sweet spot or as, you know, Matt, you talk about things breathing. That's a great way to describe it. We're trying to find that happy medium of where the song is balanced but still loud and is enjoyable to listen to. So I think to me, you know, when people are saying, can you make it louder, it's such a loaded question of A, why, you know, why do you need Mm -hmm. it to be louder? Are you comparing it to something? If you're comparing it to something, you know, is it even a a correct comparison? I've had people who, you know, were making a uh, Americana album and they're comparing it to a Calvin Harris dance song just because they like that song. And it's like, these songs will probably never be together. So Mm -hmm. let's not compare dance songs to Americana or like folk to rap. Just because you like those genres, you know, doesn't mean they have to be at the same loudness and compression. And then even within genres, you know, the Spotify and digital streaming has really allowed people to cherry pick and compare everything everything where you could twist it to be, I could give you a hundred songs that are louder than your song and a hundred songs that are quieter than your song that have all done better than your song. <laughs> like, it's just literally like if you're going to cherry pick 10 songs that are louder than your current song and tell me I need to match it, I could pick 10 songs that are quieter than your song that have sold millions of copies. And I think it's just this this loudness thing is such a an insecurity of um, basically a fear that if my song is not loud enough, then no one will like it or no one will play it or people will not listen to it. And there's just, there's zero evidence that that is true. And I truly believe that the loudness wars things, even the people that are preaching like we should do more dynamic music, that's coming from an insecurity of them not knowing how to make things loud. Like I really believe that it's a double-edged sword of the people who really like dynamic music, I have a feeling have a hard time getting things really loud. And so they're fighting clients who are like, let's make it louder, let's make it louder, let's make it louder. And they're like, no, let's make it dynamic. And I think part of it is come from they don't know how to make things really loud. And then you have people who make things really loud for the sake of making things really loud, but it sounds really crummy. And so now you have that to deal with too. So I think it's just it's an interesting place we're at where making things loud is such a boring conversation to me. And like we can, a great mastering engineer to me, making things loud is super easy. Like I used to think that was really hard to do. Then as you learn how, I'll say mastering actually works and clipping and how you can gain stage and stack things, I can make things louder than anything but that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. And sometimes when I say that, people are like, well, why don't you just make it as loud as you can make it then? And it's like, well, that's not serving the song the best. Just because I know I can do it doesn't mean I should do it, you know? It's like just because a Ferrari goes 200 miles an hour doesn't mean I'm just going to go 200 miles an hour the whole time. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not the best choice for all the time. And I think that, to me, is the loudness conversation seems to be an all-or-nothing conversation. It's like it's either the loudest thing or it's the quietest thing, and no one's talking really about the albums that are really nice that are just in between, and 
and I'm not saying we have to be in an in, in, in-between spot either, but the conversation just seems so polarized. And I would love for people to be more educated so that they can understand that, you know, if your album needs to be loud, it needs to be loud because you want it to sound sonically like hyper compressed and limited and you, and you understand what that means. But if you're asking me to just make something really loud and you have no idea what that means sonically, then I have a hard time believing that you really want it loud. I think you're just scared that if you A, B it to something that your song might sound a little quieter, which for some reason for most artists or mixers means the song will never do anything. It's just such a huge leap when we're talking about it. The more I talk about it out loud right now, it's kind of like, this really is a silly thing. <laughs> of yeah. like, I'm not trying to shame anyone or make anybody feel bad, but it's it really at this point, if your main <laughs> concern is how loud it is, you've probably missed the whole point of your song. 100%. Um, and I think that's, you know, when I... When that has become the number one thing people care about more than anything else, how loud it is. I abate it to this. It sounds quieter. I abate it. This sounds louder. It sounds different than this. And it's like, well, <clears throat> a your mix may or may not even set you up to be to have a loud master, which is a conversation a lot of people don't want to have because you have mixers who are mixing things in not terrific ways and a unbalanced mix that's not very compressed well and by compressed well I mean like they use compression properly will never yield a loud master like it's just not possible because the energy is bad and like it it doesn't hit right things can be out of phase there's a number of things that impact whether or not a master can get really loud and I think that's where a lot of people don't want to talk about that of why I mean, you can even listen to my catalog of things will be metering identical, but one song will sound bigger and more full and better strictly because the mix was better or the arrangement's better or the production was better or the song is just better or the vocal was tracked better. Like there's so many factors that determine whether or not a song feels loud and energetic. Um and I don't think people want to talk about that because that would require them to say that maybe they're not as good as they think they are and they can't blame mm-hmm. the mastering engineer the whole time. Because that's where I feel like anytime, like it's not as loud as people want, it's my fault or your fault or any, like I talked to a number of mastering engineers, everybody feels the same way. It's like, yeah, they're blaming me because the drums aren't punching loud enough. Well, that's a mix thing. Like, I I can't, I can help, like, with overall punch. I can help with low end. Like, there's a number of things I can do. But, like, if the snare is tucked behind everything, I probably can't bring that snare out and make it fat. You know, that's just the way the mix is. Or if the kick drum's not very loud, then it's going to be really difficult to make the kick drum be louder without the bass being louder. So... I think there's just a number of misconceptions and, you know, it's our job as a whole, like to educate people and help people understand that in order to get the end product you want, it requires X, Y, and Z. And I feel like if you're asking your mastering engineer just how loud 
you know, can you make it louder? Can you make it louder? You have to ask yourself, why do I, why do I want this? You know, what am I so scared about? And I've never had, I, I mean, I have a lot of songs in my catalog at this point and they're all different volumes. You know, like they're, some are more dynamic, some are more loud. And I can even within my own catalog show songs that have got millions and millions of streams and then louder songs that have no streams, essentially. Like it just, it's a moving target. It's contextually based. And um, I just think the conversation needs to change from can you make it louder to, you know, I would much rather people ask me like, can you make it better? And then I'd be like, okay, cool. Maybe, let's see, what does that mean? As opposed to the loudness thing, which is honestly at this point, if I'm making it louder, it's just me putting another, like taking off another 2B, 2DB or something or just clipping harder. And people are like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, ah, we just lost all the low end or something. So, Mm -hmm. but that's just my own frustration. And I think the frustration comes from, I hear the mix what everybody signed off on and the integrity of the mix. And I know on my end that we're compromising that mix. So whether or not the mixer cares or the artist cares about that, I know that it's like, man, this mix is really great. Great space, great energy, great vibe. All the reverbs are spacious, nice low end thump. Oh, now the reverb feels like a 2D image. Like now it's super tight. And now, oh, the the kick drum just is non-existent because we needed to push it so hard. And there's lots of things we can do at the mastering stage to kind of enhance that and and trick ourselves into thinking we kept all that. But at this stage, I feel like a lot of people are really butchering their end product strictly out of a fear of loudness. And I, it, mm. just, it just makes me sad because <laughs> it's like, you don't need to do this. You don't have to do that. So... That's my uh, that's my little monologue there, and I just want people to be educated. Um, I want people to know the difference between like volume and dynamic range and RMS and LUFs, and then how compressors and limiters work. That should be like a basic understanding everyone should have who's in the music industry. I feel like even if you're an artist at this stage. Almost every artist I know dabbles in a DAW, like Logic or Ableton or something for songwriting, demoing. And it's like you should you should educate yourself a little bit to at least be able to communicate with everybody so that you can get the best in product. It's like for your own good. It's not like a shaming you don't know enough. It's like if you want the best in product, we have all this amazing you know, knowledge and books and resources that you can learn about how to communicate with everybody at every stage. And I just really think it's important because it helps everybody get the best in product. So, I mean, it begs the question, like, if you're doing this and you enjoy doing this, why would you not educate yourself? Right. So, I mean, that's kind of like what it gets down to. Yeah. I mean, back on what you said, too, there was something that I don't know if I necessarily agree with. And that <clears throat> the people who like dynamic music, um, that they probably can't make it loud. I think it's, I do think it is more difficult to, like, I think it's really easy to, like, slam something. Right. Um, 
I think it kind of takes balls to return something at that's like really quiet or even like quieter than how you received it. I mean, anytime I get, uh, I think we, I think we coined the term for the podcast uh, last week. Uh, essentially, kind of get like a say like I don't want to say faux master because I feel like that's. <clears throat> I don't know if they're necessarily trying to master, but they're trying to show like the client, like, hey, this is kind of the level I think we're shooting for. And I think we call it a heated master. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's necessary. I think it's easier to go for like something that's like stupid loud as opposed to something that sounds good and that's quiet. I mean, even you go to like say f- like away from the whole studio thing, you go to front of house. I mean, it's incredibly difficult, or at least I think it's more difficult to make a mix that sounds incredibly good that's quiet as opposed to, like, something that's, like, absolutely slammed, but it's, like, kind of like a trash mix. Yeah. Um, so it's, like, I don't necessarily know if those people suck at making something that's, like, loud. I, I think it's more just, like, a preference. I think it is, however, like I said, easier for somebody to make something loud and then to have them turn it down. I think it requires less experience to make something loud than it does quiet. But in general, it's like I think it's just some like stupid kind of rhetoric and like saying that we need to make music dynamic for the sake of it being dynamic and music has been too loud for too long and we need more dynamic range. Don't get me wrong. Nobody fights for dynamic range more than literally every mastering engineer receiving a mix. Right. It's like you're going to use headroom and you're going to use like headroom on your meter and you're going to use dynamic range. And if you don't have either one of those, then you're going to be in kind of an interesting spot, especially if you do not have dynamic range. Yeah. So I don't think any mastering engineer is per se against having more dynamic range, at least when they get it. And it's more room for them to play. Their gear acts better. Everything acts better. They're less pulling their hair out. So, (laughs) I mean, it's just like it's it's in general a better world. But, I mean, if I get a mix that they literally – left me three or two db of dynamic range i'm just like i'm having to slam stuff into a limiter to create some semblance of <laughs> a chorus yeah so it's just like i it, it's like and it's, it's this is the type of stuff that like i have gotten before and it's like okay well how do we make it so the chorus is bigger than the verse when we have nothing left to do right <laughs> so and it's like it, it's it's a weird thing. So I was talking with a good friend today, and I said sometimes in mastering, like, the biggest thing that I do is I create, like, the perception of dynamic range because I literally have been left none. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of showing him some ways that I do that. And, I mean, I personally, though, like, if you're a mixer and you mix with dynamic range, I mean, that's fantastic. I'm not always the happiest when I get a mix, and I have gotten a couple of these, when you get a mix at like minus thirty five, and it's like, man, we got a long way to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like you get it sounding really good, but you're at like minus fifteen. And I'm not saying I'm going for loudness. It's just like I'm just going so the the tune sounds good, right? And it's like, okay, we've gotten twenty dB louder than we already than we started. <laughs> Man, we still got a long way to go. <laughs> You're like, I want an industry standard. It's like, I don't think we're getting there, man. Right. So I think there's like there's a side to both of this. Like too quiet and too loud. I think I however see the too loud more often. But I mean, you can have it be like really, really loud, but dynamic range 
sure, leave me all, leave me all that. You can take up all your headroom, and I'll just turn it down. I yeah. still got all my dynamic range to work with, and it's not like a studio, or it's not like a front of house mix that it's going to fall apart. You're going to start hearing the drums and all this other stuff, and I mean, you still have you still have a lot of stuff you can do with. Yeah. So I mean, so long as you have dynamic range, you have mucho room to work. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 kind of like the other side of the coin. I feel like Sam. So I mean, that, that's that's at least where I am on that, but. I mean, like, one of the next things I kind of want to touch on, and it's just kind of stupid, <laughs> is I feel like <laughs> this is one of those, I, I feel like this is a podcast that it just, this is just shit that needs to be said. And somebody needs to say it. And not a lot of people are saying it because they're afraid to go against some of the bigger people who, I mean, the, on the, the internet just full, like, the thing of the internet is the loudest idiot wins. You yeah. don't even have to be right. You could your opinion can just be that stupid and loud that you now have a platform. Yeah. And that's fine. It's not as fine if you're not right. Right. And I'm not saying you're not right, but you're not right all the time. And so it's like you have to recognize when there's a problem. And I've never said that if you meet her with luffs that you're an idiot and you shouldn't do that. <laughs> But I think going around saying that, like, Luff is how you perceive, is how we as humans perceive loudness, I think that's rhetoric. Yeah. Because I think you're just repeating something that someone else said at some point. Right. Because, like, candidly, I don't think you know any better. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of people do is they just, they're afraid to go against, like, what people are saying. And it's like, if you want further evidence of that, I believe we have three hours of content between episode 11 and 24. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't meet her with something. Meet her with whatever you have the best result with. And, and the only reason I bring that up is because I know that will come up. Um, but I just want people to know that this is the first time, at least that I believe, in history of the music industry that you are putting a distribution platform before the artist. Yeah. And instead of turning in a mix for Spotify and Tidal and YouTube and Instagram and all these other stupid things, it's like, why don't you just make one master that sounds really good right? and just be happy with that because the stupid stuff that we're dealing with today... We'll probably not even be around in five to ten years, and your kids are gonna look at you and be like, "Dad, why did why is this so quiet?" Yeah, and it's just, well, I was listening to a distribution platform telling me they're gonna turn down your music. <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter, right? Because you're listening to a distribution platform telling you to turn down music, right? And it's like, I, I. I, I I posted something on Instagram like around the first time that we did uh, one of our Luffs episodes and it was funny. I did a little screen capture video of uh, the process by which you go onto Spotify and you turn off normalization yeah. because it really doesn't matter. And I had so many people being like, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's like, it's like, why should I have to do this? And it was, it was, re- it was genuinely that hostile. Yeah. And it's just like, when you have a platform or when you have somebody besides the artist telling you 
how to consume their art, yeah. there should be something inherently wrong with that. Right. It's like, I can't be the only one who is just like, you go up to the Mona Lisa and you have the like a person in the art curator who works from the museum. It's like, no, 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 you should look at it from this way, but look at it with these glasses on. And yeah. it's like, oh, stand far away. But it's but it's a really small painting. It looks bigger in, in pictures. It's like, yeah, yeah, but just stand back there. You'll get a better image of it. Yeah. And it's just like, why can't I just listen to it the way that the artist intended me to? And nine times out of ten, it's, I'm going to have an emotional response to the art that you created and anyone else's opinion about how I should experience something can go fuck itself. <laughs> so, like I said, this is the first time in history that someone is telling you to, like, put somebody else's opinion before the art and the person who's genuinely paying you. Mm-hmm. And I believe, like, the mic drop moment is what I said a couple episodes ago in one of the Lofts episodes is we need, like, to not serve the distributor. We need to serve the music and not the distributor. Mm-hmm. We need to serve the artist and not the person who is starving the artist. Yeah. Because the people who you're making all of this stuff for and who you're abiding by all of these things, they're screwing over the artist. They're not right. even paying them. Right. It's like digital music right now is to a point to where you buy a vinyl record and you're paying 20 bucks for the record and you get a free download code inside. Yeah. Digital music is to the point to where they're literally giving away their music for free. And it's like, no, it's included in the price of the record. It's like, no, it's not. They're trying to recoup their vinyl cost right. and then make some money on it. They're not trying to make money off the digital. If they were, they'd be selling the digital and not putting it in for free. Right. So stop serving something that is literally starving your client. Right. So that's kind of where I stand on that whole thing, if I haven't said it enough by now. No, I mean, I think it's pretty incredible how much digital platform has influenced everything in music, from what songwriters get paid to how we're now. Everyone is, like, basically making their music for a platform, and they don't even realize it. Yeah, Like they're making artistic choices based on a digital streaming platform to try and get something to be loud enough or louder than the next person's song. And that to me is just sad. Like it just, it's. I think that's like my whole, uh, this whole episode is a lament for me of like, I'm not mad at anyone other than I feel like we've all been duped and tricked a bit to creating music that fits on a digital platform like you're saying Matt from companies that just don't care about the art and they don't even consider that as like what they are selling right yeah like they don't even consider that's why you're coming it's like right. well they're coming because we are we it's the platform yeah it's like yeah. no one gives a shit about the platform we come for the music right and like, I, you can you can have whatever you want you want to do a playlist of hamsters go ahead and do that <laughs> Right. See what you're going to get. I'm not going to come for free hamsters. Right. Yeah, I just I think that's, you know, this is a much bigger conversation and a in a a bigger issue in an education now that we're talking through it of like the issue isn't people wanting it loud so much as it's like 
the reason why. I think that's all this I'm trying to say is like. No, man, it's good. The reason why you want something loud is way beyond, you know, your understanding of why you want it loud. And I, I just, I don't know. I hate that people are, to me, from a mastering engineer's perspective, which is probably a hair bias of like, Sonics are super important to me, which is why I do what I do and why we get paid what we get paid is to know all about the Sonics and the ins and outs and, you know, how to make things loud or quiet or make them sound the best they can so they translate. But I think it's just, it's, we're at a really sad time overall when the digital platforms are dictating artistic choices from the start of the inception of a song and people don't realize that's what's happening. So whenever you ask your mastering engineer to make something louder, you're basically saying, I will do whatever digital streaming wants. And you don't know you're saying that, but you're, that's what you're doing. And I think that to me, if people can start to understand that loudness really has come from a insecure place and it's come from streaming essentially advertising normalization but even within normalization as we've talked about is that's just essentially them saying like you should consume music the same way every time over and over again um it's just not to me it just makes stuff really boring and i think that's to me the biggest argument with loudness is like stuff to me just gets so boring when it's all in your face the whole time. And um, I also think it compromises the original tracking. I think it compromises the original mix that everybody signed off on. And whether or not they realize that's what's happening, I know it's happening every time. Someone asked me, can you just push it a couple more dB? It's like, it's just you're asking me to basically just go against everything I know about Sonics. And everything, like, not just me. It's like every any mastering engineer worth his weight is, like, cringing every time someone says that. And I'm sure mixers feel the same way, where it's the artist is like, it just it doesn't feel right. And it's like, well, just wait till mastering. And they'll, hmm. you know, help glue it together and make it louder. And it's just, it's all become this big jumble. And I wish people would just focus on going back to making the song great and wherever it sounds good. And I think that's the interesting thing is like I will get feedback where people will say, oh, my gosh, this sounds so amazing. I love it. Everybody loves it. Can we just make it 2 or 3 dB louder? So at that stage, it's like, but if everyone loves it and you love it, why would we touch it again? You know, and that's where the I can tell there's not an education process. I don't hold it against my client at all because – they don't know, and I will use that time to educate them. And most of the time, the client will be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know any of that. Let's not touch it. And that's awesome when that happens because then I know we've landed on, like, the best-case scenario for them, and we've really truly, in my opinion, at that time, we have the best-end product we can get. But there's plenty of times where people are like, yeah, I just I don't care. <laughs> like, that's essentially the response. I just don't care. Like, it's not as loud as this. Or something that has started to happen is people will give me references of top 40 or, you know, songs that are charting on country. 
and I will match that. And then in their head, they have decided, well, they need to beat that too. So matching is no longer good enough where it's like it's the same level now that, you know, there's been enough propaganda essentially spewed out of, well, we're matching it. Now can you just push it a couple more dB so we're actually louder than that because we think that'll give us the edge to beat out, you know, whoever's famous currently or in the charts. Which is funny because whenever you push it, say, that one or two or three dB louder, you're pushing it into a limiter that says, okay, well, what information... I mean, you you say you have, like, a really, really solid limiter, like that uh, that Pro-L2 that you and I both use from FabFilter. Yeah. There's those different character tones on it that at least my very uneducated self is listening to, like, the delta and what it's removing. Right. Uh, for each character tone, and it's like, okay, well, for you want it punchy, we're going to remove this. You want it trans, or you want it transparent? Okay, we're going to take off this, 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 and this, and we're going to remove this little part so that you are now below that, like you are below that plus point one, right? Essentially, yep. And it's just like. As you as you say you want it 3 dB louder, it's like, oh, we love it, we love it, we love it. Well, you're actually going to be taking out all that information right. or at least, a, at least three decibels worth of information that you love right. for the sake of pumping it louder. When in all honesty, if you just have a master and a mix and you're tracking and everything just sounds really freaking on point, None of that matters. And even if it is quieter next to somebody else's mix that you're referencing that it might not ever be in a playlist next to, it, you know, it's, it's just kind of like there's just a, mute, a moot point with it. Right. That there's no reason for it to be that. And if it, you just let it sit on its own and be its own beautiful piece of art. Right. Then... It's going to perform beautifully, and people are going to go through that playlist and click on you, and they're going to be like, holy crap, how have I not known about this artist? Right. And loudness suddenly isn't even a thing. Like, yeah, it might be quieter, but who cares? Right. Quieter is not worse, and louder is not better. Right. It's just a weird thing of how we are wired as people to think that. And I mean, that this point will never get across. Right. I mean, people will always pick something that's louder, but... Just know, saying, I want it louder than so-and-so's. Well, what's her name? Billy Eilish or Eilish or whatever it is, that 17-year-old pop person. Um, If her stuff, when some of the low end is hitting zero, zero, and you're like, I want it louder than her. Well, it's not going to happen because that's literally as loud as it's going to go. Right. The only thing you can do is you can smash up to that so more of your song will hit that as right. opposed to her, like the loudest parts of her song hitting that. But by the loudest parts of her song hitting that, I mean the rest of the song hanging around minus seven, six, five. Um, I mean, that's still solid dynamics happening right. there. Yep. And it's like still mixed really well and still sounds really good. Um, but by saying, I want it louder than that, the only thing that you would be able to do, like I said, is push more of your tune up into that zero zero realm yeah because it will never go higher than that and so you're literally just sacrificing any bit of dynamic any bit of like anything that you have like held to be precious of that tune and 
you're just squashing it up into that level and you're just going to start losing all this like fantastic information that you've worked so hard and put a lot of money into and it's like at at some point you you just have to let the art be art and understand it's like no you can't actually go louder there there is right. an actual there is a no to this answer yeah and so but mixes that are mixed fantastic and that are incredibly dynamic and like I don't want to say perfect, but I mean, in theory, you could push a lot of them as almost about as loud as you want. Right. Um, nine times out of ten, can mix, can most mixes go louder than other mixes? Probably not. And there's no real reason to like even try. It's like take it to where that mix is taking full breaths, and it sounds beautiful. The artist is in tears, and if they say, "Can we push it three more dB?" It's like. There's no point. Right. If you would like to, we can. But like, if you're a mastering engineer and you're asked that, go back to them and say, just so you know, like the joy that you felt when you heard that, um, you're going to be essentially not three dB louder per se. You will on a meter, right. but you're also going to be removing three decibels worth of information exactly that gave you that euphoric feeling. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that you want to keep in the song so that your fans and potential fans and eventual fans will be able to experience what right. you just felt. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of where I am on all that. No, that's great. I mean, as we were talking about this, I, for some reason, just thought of Jenga. Of, like, <laughs> limiting is essentially like playing a game of Jenga where you can keep removing blocks, and each time you make something louder, it's like pulling out another block. Hmm. And eventually, you pull too many blocks, and the whole thing falls apart, which is exactly what happens when we push things too hard. Because each time we're removing, like you just said, Matt, like to make something louder, we're removing something. So something has to go away, and the mix can start to feel thin and floppy and really weird. And that's, to me, the visual of Jenga is like really helping me right now visualize this. For people who may not understand limiting, it's like... If you ask me to make something 3D be louder, just picture a Jenga game that's pretty much about to finish, and you're asking me to find three blocks to take away from the bottom support. Hmm. And sometimes it works, and that's sometimes really it doesn't. And either way, you're just getting closer and closer to ruining the game or the song, essentially. And I actually really like... You know, when you're talking about removing things, now that I'm thinking about this, is like if we're removing things, the first thing a limiter or an intelligent limiter usually does is remove like things essentially that we deem not necessary, depending on the character of it. But all those things that it views as not necessary is probably, and this is what I tell people, it usually feels like a spatial thing that's removed of like hmm. the intimate reverb tails or like the way it hits or the width of it the sparklies like things start to kind of just vanish that were there when we weren't pushing it a few more db and i think to me that's important for people to understand is like if you loved it and you respond to your master engineer yes this is perfect can we just make it a little louder just think to yourself that you are going to remove 
say, Tales of Reverb, Reverbs or Impact or the things that made you really love that master, like you were just saying, Matt, I think it's so important for people to understand that concept of we are now starting to take away those elements. That's literally what is happening is the things you loved about that, we are now taking bits away at every point of the song to make it louder. So is it worth it? And I think that, you know, between that that idea and the Jenga visualization that I just feel like came to my head, it's like that's that's just what you're doing. So you always have to weigh it. Like, is it worth pulling another block out to see if I can make it taller? Or is it worth removing information to see if I can make it louder? And sometimes the answer, you know, for a lot of clients is I usually say like, sure, we can do it, but it may mean this. And then we'll compare it. And most of the time they'll go, no, let's go to where it was. But there are times where we'll be like, yeah, this actually works. And I'll listen to it and be like, yeah, it actually still worked. Um, But even within that, it's helping people understand what we're giving up, you know, so that we know what we're giving away to get loudness. So that was a great little monologue you had, Matt. I really enjoyed that. I mean, I got nothing left. I'm out. I feel out. like I might have I gotten a little too into it. <laughs> but It's good for you. Whatever. I'm done, dude. We've exhausted it. Beaten another dead horse. Poor horses. Another dead horse, deader. Dunzo. Finito. Excellent. Take us home, Matt. All right. If you like what you're hearing, give us a thumbs up, likes, wherever you are. Uh, please comment on things. Tell us what you like. If you hear something that you don't like that you disagree with us about, shoot us an email. We'd love to talk back and forth about like what's going on and how we can potentially make the show better. Um, but yeah, if you like what we're doing, give us some thumbs up, likes, stars, wherever you are. And uh yeah, write in and tell us because we we like that. And we share with each other and it's pretty awesome. And it keeps us putting content out for you. Uh, so, yeah. Anything else for the people in podcast land, Sam? I'm just so grateful to do what we do and that people listen. Thank you. Yeah, we don't deserve the people who listen and write <laughs> in and whatnot. It's pretty awesome. So, yes. yeah. So, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having... Have a darn good one, and see you in the next episode. I got to cue the music. Shit. (laughs) Cue the music, Sam. Cueing. Bye.